first Galloway's Eye of 2021. Here we aim to bring you information on our services and activities, as well as some entertaining sound bites outside of the world of Galloway's. There are numerous ways you can listen to us. We can send you CDs, or you can find us on our Galloway's Alexa skill, our websites, or British Wireless for the Blind Fund. If you would like us to stop sending you CDs, call us on 01772-7144148. Coming up, track two. Reassurance from us that the new national lockdown is not impacting on our services. Track 3. A breakdown of information about the COVID vaccines. Track 4. Bittersweet news as we say a fond farewell to long-serving sight loss advisor Kevin Lonigan, but not before he shares his happy memories with us. Track 5. Former CEO Peter Taylor talks about our early days and how Kevin has helped to shape the Galloways we know today, followed by Stuart Clayton, who wishes Kevin all the best in his new journey. Track six. Well, we couldn't let Kevin go without a few well wishes from some of his Galloways friends, could we? Track seven. Amanda gives us an update on what fun we can expect over the next couple of months through talking together. Track eight. Christmas was the season of goodwill as we reveal how much money has been raised through the Santa Dash and Winter Appeal. Track 9. It may sound like a contradiction, but Andrew talks about an exciting digital project geared at those who have no clue or no interest in technology. Track 10. Pam reveals more about our new Charles Bonnet peer support group. Track 11. Our Sefton group talk about getting creative during their art classes through Zoom, thanks to funding from Living Well Sefton. Track 12, a roundup of James's guest speakers during his Get Active catch-ups. And finally, track 13, a quiz to warm up your cockles. And join us in two months' time for another fantastic Galloway's Eye. Enjoy. And don't forget, we are still here for you. You can call us on 01772 744148 and speak to our site loss advisors. Bye for now. please phone the Penwitham Head Office on 01772 744 or you can ring the Chorley Office on 01772 230 534 and that's Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Or if you want the Morecambe Office, you can ring Pam on 01772 
230528 or Pauline on 01772 230532. And for the Southport office, for Carl, it's 07784 929811. And that's Monday to Friday. Or you can ring Jenny on 07513 777 1244. And that's Monday, Wednesday and Thursday. And if you would prefer to email, it's enquiries at galloways.org.uk. Hello from the staff. We hope you are continuing to keep well during this difficult time. And although some of our centres remain closed, you can still ring us for advice on the numbers that Jill has just read out. COVID Restrictions Update We understand how incredibly tough it is for everyone, as we are still unable to see our friends and family. But we want you to know we are still here for you. As we are now in the third national lockdown, we have decided to suspend face-to-face sight loss appointments at our centres in Penwitham and Morecambe. This is to ensure the safety of yourselves as well as our staff. Your welfare is our priority, and we will still continue our support via welfare calls, group telephone activities and online Zoom sessions. Broomy Sunshine in Morecambe remains closed until further notice, but staff look forward to welcoming you when the restrictions allow. We constantly monitor government updates, and please understand that things may quickly change if new rules apply. But we will make sure we keep people updated via our website, social media pages, calls and emails. We thank you for your patience, and please stay positive. And now some general information about vaccines to protect against COVID-19. This advice is given by the clinical commissioning groups, the CCGs. Do not contact your GP practice or the NHS to seek a vaccine or to request one for a member of your household or your carer, as they will contact you via letter or phone. The vaccine is free and you will not be asked to pay for it, so please be aware of scam texts or letters asking for payment. Not all local premises or surgeries can become community vaccination centres, as they need to meet the strict clinical and logistical requirements of the programme. So when it is your turn to be vaccinated, be prepared that it may not be at your GP practice or another nearby venue. Please continue to follow all the guidance to control the virus and save lives by socially distancing, wearing a mask or face covering and washing your hands regularly. The NHS and local CCGs have asked us to provide feedback in terms of providing an accessible service for visually impaired patients. Have you received the correct information in an easy-to-read format? Are signs clear at the clinics and vaccination centres? What else could be done to ensure visually impaired people do not feel ignored?
please let us know by emailing csrccg.enquiries at nhs.net or natalie.walker at galloways.org.uk If we had a face of Galloway's, many would say that was Mr. Kevin Lonergan. But after 28 years of being our friend, site loss advisor, fundraiser and colleague, he has decided to bid us a fond farewell to start a new journey in his life. Kevin joined us in 1992 and he has been an integral part of the team, helping to shape us into the Galloway's you see today. He certainly has plenty of memories to share with us as I spoke to him over the phone. As this is a phone recording, the sound quality is not as clear as we would like and you may wish to adjust your volume. And if you miss anything, our former CEO, Peter Taylor, can fill you in on our next track. Here is our interview with Kevin. Yeah, I've got lots of, um, lots of happy memories. You know, mainly the people and the things I've been involved in. You know, so many things we, uh, over the time and What did you want to start doing when you were when you joined Galloway's? changes did you see over time? What changes oh, well, did you help to implement? Well, huge changes really. You know, that there were um, there were only a small group of, of staff in, in in one office really. Um, and um, you know they were very um, tight, very uh, loyal, you know, been long long service staff think of you know two staff of more than thirty odd years or three staff really and then there was me and and a handyman, and you know, we we, we never had um, too many uh, volunteers really. Um, it was a good time to to join. Um, and you know, my first kind of role was um, recruiting volunteers, taking people for walks, doing a bit of reading or writing or shopping, that sort of thing. And um, anyway, in, in the eight years doing that role, I uh, I managed to recruit about 450 volunteers. And one of those volunteers, I do know, there will be others probably as well, but he's still volunteering um, at Galloway's. And um, he kind of says, you know, you only asked me to come for a few weeks, and 30 years later, 
Fantastic. I believe it was your idea to start the Morecambe Bay Walk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, 1992. I mean, over the years, Natalie, I've kind of worked at all the offices, I've won all the hats. I got sent to Morecambe for four years, and, um, you know, but again, the people... Uh, at that time up there, they were great characters. Um, one of the things I wanted to, to, to do at the, the old building, not, not, not the new site, was to develop a sensory garden and raise some money. And uh, I rang uh, the Queen's Guide uh, and spoke to another lady who uh, turned out to be his wife, Holly. And, um, you know, she said, well, um, you know, we, we're, we're quite full for this year now, but we can we can help you a little bit. You can join, you know, one of the walks with a few other charities together. And um, well, you know, almost half a million pounds uh, later for for an event that was really, if you like, my voluntary bit. Because again, simply at that time, um, you know, it's easy, strangely, that I should be doing the job to help people and be getting paid. So I always try to do a little bit extra from, you know. What my role was really, um, and you know, great memories of, of the war. Lots of um, encounters happened on the war. Coming, I, mean, I was privileged to um, to stay with uh, Cedric Robinson in the Queen's Guide cottages for all those years. Um, you know, we had some great fond memories. I, I remember, you know, that they're a kind of a beautiful couple, a very humble couple, and um, in the nineties. I asked uh, Olive, I said, would would, um, would you mind if, I, if if you would keep a secret because I'm going to write to get an award for Cedric, you know, for him personally, not necessarily the Queen kind role, but, uh, uh, you know, I managed to get him uh, an MBE. I mean, she did faithfully keep that secret, even though they had no secrets. And on the day the letter came for Cedric, you know, it was about six or seven in the morning, he rang and he said, what have you done? You know, so, so I mean, there's lots of, um, lots of things, really. We produced a video of the walk and, and sold that as well. We, we kind of had weddings on the stand, you know, all sorts of things over the years, which um, live long in the memory, really. You know, you, you, you organise something and obviously from a charitable point of view, you need funds to... Um, Survive funds to, to provide services, and um, the Morecambe Bay Walk was uh, was just a good event. So I mean, you know, thanks to Cedric really, and all the people who who fundraised, who, who gave the time to help, who, who you know did the fundraising events um, to, to get money to, to, to do the walk, and and, uh, and then come along. It was it was fantastic. Great. And what other things did you enjoy doing? There are so many things, you know, in, in 28 years. It's a lifetime, isn't it, really? Um, you, you know, the, the simplest things are the most enjoyable, really. You, you can put down all the things that you created, that you set up, which are still going, which, you know, but for me, it's all about that person in front of you when you see the kind of, a quiet, shy, unassuming, quite lonely, quite down, you know, difficult situation. Um, you know, that's um, that's what's important. Um, 
I mean, we we, we went uh, along with a, a, a group to the Houses of Parliament, and I remember getting my children because they had health difficulties. That, but what we were campaigning for, and you know, pictures of Downing Street, and, uh, you know, in the Houses of Parliament, it, you know, that was a wonderful time. But there have been so many times, really. You know, we 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 were fortunate one time to. Um, invite a group from a local shelter to housing in Penwood to come along and this particular lady she said you do know my son not you and I said oh do I and she brought out a picture from her pocket which was a chap called Martin Henfield uh, and Martin used to read the, the news on the BBC and um, great man and she said but she said um, if he can ever help you just let me know so I wrote back and and that, that brought together a lovely relationship for months, well, well, years really, quite a few years, where Martin gave him time when he came to see his mum, not only to front that, um, that uh, video, um, but to give of his expertise to the talking newspaper volunteers. Because, you know, that therein lies another project, because when, when I first started, there was no studio or anything like that. Volunteers used to... Um, recording their own homes on box standard tape recorders and quality and clarity wasn't what anywhere near. Then Peter managed to raise some funds to get the studio and he said, right, you, away you go with that project to get volunteers and titles. You know, and then you know, years later he says, well, it's all changed now, it's all going digital. So he, he says, so you've got to do that. So, you know, they're all... Um, successes. I suppose you've made many, many friends over the years, haven't you? Oh, well, that's what you do. Um, you, you, you meet people and, you know, thousands of people, I suppose. And I, I you know, I'd be strange way, whether it's just my enthusiasm, but I, uh, I seem to remember lots of details about people. Um, you know, loads and loads of people, the great and the good. You know, uh, particularly on the war, you, you would you would you would be keeping all the sort of administration of, of people who were attending the war, and there were some great people. I mean, I remember one lady from Mellor. She she died in her nineties, and I didn't do very much. Um, in fact, she was kind of out, almost on the border of our area, uh, being in Mellor. And she was an Irish lady, and you know, I think to talking clocks and helped with the microwave and different things. And um, anyway, unbeknownst to me for, for a few years, really, um, that lady eventually died. But when we did the walk, there was one particular chap who, um, you know, at the end of every walk, they'd, they'd send some sponsor money, but they'd also send a cheque for £10,000. And um, I didn't know, and I only met this chap, um, I'd spoken to him over the years, but I only met him a few years ago at one of our annual meeting and um, you know he's been a great supporter of Galloway's um, since and you know his mum a typical old uh, Irish lady she said uh, you know whenever I'm done she says make sure you look after Galloway's and, and you know he was a well-to-do chap and, and he kept to his word and his mum will be proud so you know and there are so many things like that, you know, when you go and give talks to groups, you know, morning, night, weekends, wherever, you know, you, you could never possibly remember all of them unless somebody prompts you to, to 
said, do you remember this or do you, do you remember that? And, um, you know, it's you know, lots of, lots of, um, lots of good memories, lots of them. Something else, Natalie, the children's group, which I kind of mentioned, we don't really have a children's group now because there, there aren't as many children with sight loss, you know, thankfully. Um, the ones that you do tend to see now have got other difficulties. At that time, we, we, we had a great thriving children's group organising different activities. Um, I took a group to Greenland in Paris, you know, Ponte in, in North Wales. And um, a couple of, you know, I remember a trip to Manchester United. Museum of Transport used to provide a bus, and, and I'd filled this bus with people and the families. And, um, you know, we went to different venues, and one of them was Manchester United. And so you got these young kids, and, uh, and the, the, the trip went fantastic. And at the end, the guy said, um, we were in the car one of the tunnels, and he said, if you turn right, um, you know, down there is the pitch that all these players have played on. And if you can imagine children holding and linking arms and running as fast as down this tunnel and then you know picking up sons of, of turf of, of the pitch and filling every sort of carrier bag that was great because it didn't matter you know that the football was the kind of gel if you like but the kids running down the tunnel linking arms helping one another you know that's what saying around and another thing i kind of remember that um, you know i got sent over to southport to you like oversee a transition um, because the gentleman charge of Southport set up a charity and um, you know getting older and was wondering about the future and eventually kind of said well you know, I, I'd like you know, to, to, to hand this over now um, anyway Lawrence was a lovely man totally blind great character in particular time I said I've got to do something from us so I said I said what color are you I read, I said, Do you ever get to go? And he said, uh, Do you know, he said, I, I, I've never been mad. And they eventually got sort of tickets and got his sort of picture and the program. The day came, and the kind of cover was to go and see an organization that was giving us some talking books for the library. So after we'd been around, I said, Do you want to go into the match? And he said, You silly fellow, he says, You'll never get tickets. So I said, Let's just go and have a look anyway. And we were in Galloway's band and i sort of booked a disabled car parking spot and everything. And we stopped um, outside where the memorial was, the Hillsborough Memorial. And you know, it was the most fortuitous thing because I didn't see it, but the disabled car park, he could see because he was looking straight over but didn't know. So we went to took it further and stopped somebody else who turned out to be the catering um, manager for the whole of the football club and he said you come back in an hour you could be my guest so that was a great sort of event in itself and, and thanks to Lawrence because you know he gave his baby if you like the, the organisation he found to support people you know to the trusting hands of, of, of Galloway's and that was just something to you know, talk and to say thank you but it meant the world to and have you had any other encounters with famous people? Well, you know, different celebrities over the years. You know, people like Daniel 
or Donald and took groups of blind people to, to, to his conferences and met him and photographs and all like that. You know, Dennis Taylor the snooker player, you know, fraternized with the great little the snooker world in, in Blackburn when they when they came over there and um, you know, stars from all sorts of, of you know I, I stalked Gene Alexander, who was Hilda Ogden, when I was over at Southport, um, you know, trying to see, if, you know, as we were building to get a celebrity to, you know, help us launch or relaunch things over there. And I had a good chat with her after dropping the letter off, and, and um, you know, she was just getting older and things were difficult, but she was a lovely lady, and she did, she couldn't help us at the time, but. Yeah, yeah, you've got them. And what do you think you'll miss about Galloway's? Well, you know, it's a broken record, isn't it? It's people, really. I mean, um, you're a young lad and um, you start with this organisation, you're quite, quite shy and quite, you know, but you're keen to learn, keen to help. And, you know, when you get that little bit older, especially after that many years, you can't keep going quite the same and you, you read. You rely a little bit on your experience and, and what, what, what has worked, and, you know, with people, and I think that's what's um, that's helped me a lot. And, and, but you know, what you can do is be with people, you know, walk with them on, on their journey, because you know that's that's what life is, is all about. You know, um, you know, supporting you know one another really. You've got so many memories and you've touched so many people's lives. It's incredible to hear. Um, and I know you will be missed by, you know, practically everyone at Galloway's. A lot of people have already been asking whether um, you would be coming back to, to visit, obviously, once COVID's over in the very far future. Well, you've you've certainly said touched a lot of lives and 
Uh, all your, your work is appreciated. So, yeah, thank you very much. To find out just how much of an impact Kevin has had on us all, I had a chat with former CEO Peter Taylor, as well as our current CEO, Stuart Clayton. I guess I want to start from the beginning, really. Um, you know, when did Kevin first join Galloway? I think he probably joined in about 1992. And um, that would have been, what is it now, 28 years ago, is it? And what happened was um, we only had three, sort of around about three members of staff at the time. And we realised that if we were going to grow the organisation, that had to be done with the support and encouragement and recruitment of volunteers. We had, we had no volunteers. <laughs> um, so we employed Kevin. I think he came part-time and then very quickly established himself and kind of meant that we couldn't do without him. And um, he had to go full-time. Excellent. And what do you remember about Kevin when he first started? Well, I remember that we advertised the job and we got a lot of applicants, loads and loads of applicants, CVs and everything. But Kevin, sneakily, was the only one who came up to Howick and um, uh, visited me in the office and said, you know, what's all this role about and everything like that. And he impressed me and, and also Dorothy Crean with the, his enthusiasm and um you know, he wasn't just for writing the end of the piece of paper, he came and impressed us, and that's why he got the job. Fantastic. And what did he do previously? What was his work experience like? Uh, well, I understand he previously worked for the post office. He was a post cadet, and that helped because he also, I can remember, um, when he joined us, I mean, our fundraising income was really, it was through the floor, we had no income at all. And for the first year, he managed to persuade some of his uh, ex-post workers to do some sort of sponsored walk. And they raised 500 pounds. And that was a colossal sum then. It was absolutely amazing. Fantastic. And what do you think drew him to Galloway's? I don't know really. Um, he has a an inherent desire to see the good in everybody and make people's lives different. Um, but he would really go the extra mile for lots of people, and that shone through in his recruitment of volunteers and in the in the care of, of service users and the support that he gave to them, which was really always above and beyond the call of duty. Brilliant. And what sort of things did you do then? Um, we had to build the organisation up from, from practically nothing, and Kevin was a linchpin. If you ask me to sum him up, he was, he was a great persuader. He would persuade people to do things that I wouldn't even dare approach them ever. And, you know, he, he charmed volunteers to, to, to stand on streets with buckets and do fundraising. I think, oh, no, I can't ask him. Well, Kevin wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> So that, that's probably his lasting legacy. And, and you know, he, he wasn't afraid of asking people. Or he, he... And so what sort of changes did Kevin see over the years then? How did he help to, to build the Galloways that we know today? 
Well, as I say, we, we, if we're going to grow the organization, it had to be through volunteers. And um, so we started recruiting volunteers for what was then called the Volunteer Visiting Scheme. So we managed to get some money. Um, I think it was called, I don't know, Neighbourhood Support, which um, enabled us to uh, reach out more to older um, vulnerable people perhaps living on their own with sight loss and pair them up with volunteers and pair them up with people that would go and read the post and do odd jobs and that sort of thing uh, and that was very successful and it, it that eventually stretched up to Morecambe and down to, down to Preston uh, but Kevin if you ask me he was a good generalist um, he, he you know he recruited all the volunteers from talking newspaper and many many he many people uh he was able to help us expand the titles because in the early days we only did uh, some newspaper called the Lancashire Evening Post and then it was what people wanted there was a there was a demand because you know the, the only way you could get news then was through the newspaper and on the on the tv it wasn't 24 hours and if you had a sight loss you were completely well you know reliant on other people to tell you the news and what do you think Kevin's work to help improve um, the lives of people who used our services what do you think it meant to them he got alongside people and you, it was a, a different organization because coming from like 30 35 years ago whenever it was uh, the organization was very benevolent and uh, kevin helped to you know address that and rather than the providing services to people it was working alongside and, and encouraging developing and enabling people to um, decide their own destiny and do things for themselves so you know right, I mean it was a different age but the, the traditional blind societies really were, were mired in the past and it was a case of rather than encouraging people to uh, use transport and be independently mobile and all this thing. It was, oh, we'll take you there, we'll bring you back. And it, it, it kept people down. And you've seen this over the last few years, this last 30 years, there's been a complete revolution, a different attitude at all. And, and Kevin was in, in the middle of that. Wow, amazing. Um, so what was it like working with Kevin? Um, chaotic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because he'd come into the office and he'd have um, five ideas in the same sentence and um, after five minutes uh, I'd have to go and have a lie down and a cup of tea and then think what did he say um, <laughs> but once you pick through all that you know, it was, it was, it, uh, of everything it was, it was, a, it was a, a real experience but very funny you know we used to get up some absolutely hilarious um things that that happened and um i mean one of the things that he started was the um the Morecambe bay walk um he was the first one to have that idea and in in what i would say it's it's heyday um we we raised you know forty thousand pounds a year on that and uh, it was it was the biggest income, biggest money generator for the society for for many years. Um, so without you know, and he, and he knew everybody. But well, Kevin can meet somebody once and 
five years later he'll know the name he'll know the phone number that's a really nice quality to have when you're working so closely with the people that use our services it's a very personal approach and i suppose you made a lot of friends with with our blind and partially sighted community didn't he Oh yes, yes, and and they continue to this day. Uh, he, he could really get get to know people, and and that served as well over many years. Brilliant, yeah. Because obviously he worked there a long time, and and seen a lot of changes. Did you see him sort of excel more? And and the more obviously you said he started yeah. the more yeah. convey yeah. walk. Yeah. And he must have come up with other ideas. So did you sort of see, you know, a real spark in him that grew and grew? Yeah, I mean, thankfully at that time we needed people and we, we had a, a, few, a small group of, of really sort of creative people who, you know, had ideas and sparked and worked off one another. And it was an exciting time because the only way to go is up. If you never, if you didn't provide any services or the only services you provided were, you know, a residential home and a workshop and a school and they'd served their time and were coming to the end, you had to look for new opportunities. So it was a blank sheet of paper that I wouldn't say we were given, but we presented with. And it was like, right, you know, so we did a lot of consultation. We asked people, we asked people about services and, and Kevin was very good at being able to come up with ideas and uh, work out really, you know, what what people were telling us. Okay. And what do you think Kevin enjoyed about working at Galloway's? Uh, I think Kevin is a people person. Um, he, he thrives when uh, having to, um, you know, being among people, uh, seeing people flourish. We've had many people come to the society who were facing what, what they thought was a bleak, a bleak future. And through Kevin's involvement and the involvement of you know, the committed staff at Galloway's, they've turned those people's lives around and seeing them five years down the line, they're totally different people with, with aspirations and achievements and a, a far better, you know, better life chances than, than they hoped when perhaps they were first given that diagnosis. So it's... Um, that's it. If you ask me one thing, Kevin is a people person. Brilliant. Like he's made a big difference. Um, and finally, what message would you like to give Kevin about your time working with him and, and wishing him all the best for his retirement? Yeah, well, um, I, I find it rather unusual that I'm wishing him uh, a sort of a happy retirement when I go back to what was uh, quite a young <laughs> Quite a young lad who knocked on my office door in 1992. Uh, it makes me realise that I'm probably past it as well. But um, I hope he has uh, he has good health. He continues to um, have ideas and enjoy life and be that people person that he's, he's always been. And that he looks back at his time at Galloway's with fondness and a satisfaction that he has changed the lives of many people that he's come into contact with over the last 28 years or whatever. And now we hear some words from our current Chief Executive, Stuart Clayton. 
Kevin was absolutely a force and had been a force for many years at, at Galloway's. He'd, um, you know, he's very much a pioneer in his time, you know, bringing new services, new fundraising opportunities, um, new ways to support people as well. Kevin was always very, very person-centred, um, always was and always always will be, I think. It's, it's been a great, you know, strength for him and therefore a great strength for the organisation. Um my um, recollection of coming to Galloway's was meeting with Kevin right at the beginning and, and chatting to him. And of course, I knew him when I uh, used to work for Action and knew that um, he was kind of Mr. Galloway. Between him and Peter, they were kind of Mr. and Mrs. Galloway's. I'm not sure who was who, but um, uh, Peter and, and Kevin were just, well, yeah, they just knew everything, really. So going to uh, sitting down with Kevin and, and saying, right, okay, just tell me a bit more detail. We know each other. Tell me a bit more detail. And basically, he'd done everything. Every job in every department. He'd had a go at. He'd moved forward. He'd uh, brought to the fore. He'd modernized. He'd changed every aspect, every little thing that we did. So he was, he was a great font of knowledge, uh, about the organisation, about the staff, about what we did, about what we did well, about what we should improve. And it was always his passion for people that came through. Every time, you know, we would talk about it and his passion for people would come through. And I know that, uh, I know Peter Taylor's already mentioned this in, in his interview, but, you know, Kevin had a great way of being able to encapsulate four different projects in one sentence. And you come away from the conversation thinking, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, and he, 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 his mind would flip from one to another. And it was a lot of, it was very much about his energy and his passion for what he was doing. And, and he just literally, he was like a, a force, a force that would come into the room. Um, but his, his commitment to, to the organisation and to the people we support and the volunteers and the way that we fundraised was, was well, yeah, it was one that I can't really describe, to be honest. It, it was a force. It was just that. So Kevin, uh, Kevin's made the decision, his decision, obviously, that he wants to start a new chapter in his life. He wants to explore new opportunities and do new things. And, you know, we're all delighted for him, but we will all miss him. You know, Kevin's ability to remember everybody's name, their address, usually their phone number as well, was was pretty much renowned. We didn't really need a database. Kevin was our walking database. Um, but that personal touch meant that everybody knew him. He knew everybody's interests, what's, what's gone on in their lives, what they've done, where they've been, uh, the difficulties they had last time. He didn't, need to, he didn't need to tap on a computer. It was all up here. It was all in his head, and he, he knew about it because he cared. Um, so he, he was like a, a almost a human filing cabinet. So everybody um, took to him. And so everybody knows him from our bungalow tenants to people that uh, come here in, either in Preston, Morecambe, Chorley or something. It doesn't really matter. People know Kevin because, because of Kevin's approach uh, with them. And, you know, people still ask and I expect them to ask for a long time yet you know have you heard from Kevin how's he doing and he'll be missed here at Galloway's he'll be missed by the people uh, by the volunteers by visually impaired people by staff and um, you know he, he is you know he is 
you know, he's up there with Peter Taylor as a as a legend in in Galloway's history. So that you know, they they're not easily replaced uh, if at all. So he will leave a hole, but you know, I must emphasise this is you know this is not Kevin's last stand. Kevin's going on to different things, and he will be amazing at the new things that he does. So we we wish him uh, all well for for the new chapter in his life. We hope he, he gets everything that he wants out of it. We know that he will make uh, a difference to more people's lives in the future with whatever he does, it's because that's Kevin. And yes, we'll miss him, but as as long as we know he's moved on to something, you know that his next chapter, his next adventure, then we all wish him well. And we couldn't let Kevin go without some nice messages from you guys. Hi, Kev. This is Paul, your best mate. Um, I just wanted to say well done for for um, putting up with me at Galloway, first of all. And thank you for being a best mate. And thank you for all the good times that we have. And good luck with the future. Kevin for all your help throughout the years and all your information and uh, all your knowledge it was wonderful yeah thanks very much Kev good lad excellent hope you all the best for the future hello Kevin uh, it's David uh, I've got some good memories uh, in the past of being with you uh, when we went abroad on holidays with Galloway's um, I remember um, that uh, you you asked me here, you asked me to uh, sup up my Newcastle Brown ale um, because you were actually waiting to help me down to a karaoke session. One anyway, that was a long time ago. I appreciate the help down the stairs. Um, this is abroad, of course, um, uh, in the resort. But uh, anyway, you, uh, you keep. Uh, uh, well, and um, uh, I might come across you another day, uh, and all the best for this year. Enjoy yourself. Cheers. Well. Hi, Kevin, this is Molly. I'm wishing you all the best for a very happy retirement, and thanking you for all the help you've been to me. All the luck in the world. Hello. update from your digital services team about our talking together services uh, for those of you who haven't joined in we do our talking together services which is a telephone a call you can join in we have lots of socials on that we do a quiz on mondays we have a social group on a tuesday that talks about the more interesting and positive news stories that are out there 
Um, on Thursdays, every Thursday, we have a guest speaker or a member of staff talking about Galloway's. But our guest speakers have ranged um, from people from all different backgrounds. We recently had someone from Stanley Park talk to us. Uh, but in February and March, we've got guest speakers from Lytham Hall, um, Chorley Hedgehog Rescue Centre. Uh, somebody talked about Constellations and Blind Wireless talking to us. We've got a whole host of uh, exciting speakers lined up to talk to us on Thursdays at two o'clock. Um, we've also got a lovely new group that started on Fridays called Talking Telly. They get together on Friday afternoons and on the telephone service they chat about um, what's on the TV, new programmes to look out for and just great, just generally have a great chat about everything TV. We've also continued with our Zoom sessions. We're trying to increase them. Um, we're trying to get speakers most Wednesdays, guest speakers to talk about products or lifestyle tips. We also have some social Zooms as well. And we've also started our new Zoom sessions um, the last Tuesday of every month. Um, and it's a virtual pub social uh, where people of working age can come and join us and just have a chat on Zoom. We've also started up a new Charles Bonnet peer support group. Um, that's once a month and that started in February. So if you'd like to join that, look out for our What's On guide for the details of how to join that. But our Talking Together service is accessible to all. You can either pick up the phone and give us a call or you can join in on Zoom. So hopefully we'll get to hear from you then. Thank you. We wish to start by thanking you all for your support and generosity over the past year. We are overwhelmed by your donations as yours helped us raise more than £6,000 through our recent winter appeal. It really does mean a lot to us and means we can continue our services, which we hope make a difference to you. And who can forget our Jolly Santa Dash, kindly supported by Penwithin Town Council, which also raised a staggering £850. This year was particularly important for us to spread some extra cheer and we are so grateful to everyone who took part. Adapting the dash this year to follow social distancing guidelines meant we could encourage even more people across Lancashire and Sefton to join in. We appreciate everyone's effort and support. They quite literally went the extra mile going above the three kilometres minimum distance and some Santas even went dashing about on Christmas Day. So big thanks all round. Are you a technophobe? Do you live in a home with no internet? Have you never used a tablet before? We may be able to help you access new ways of living thanks to our new pilot project, Techability. We are working with our new digital partner, Aspire Consultancy, to loan out Wi-Fi enabled tablets and provide one-to-one -one remote support to 15 blind and partially sighted people who are not currently using technology or equipment. Here is our assistive technology coordinator, Andrew Coleman, to tell us more. Hi, Andrew. Hi, uh, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, all good, thank you. Do you want to tell us more about this TechAbility project? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, um, obviously, this project's been like heavily influenced um, but, but, you know, through COVID-19 and how, how we're able to support people um, with, with, with training, uh, supporting those people who are new to technology um, that, have, that have never used a, a tablet 
or a smartphone before may not may not be online and we were thinking of different ways that we could support people when we're not able to really be face to face with them um so um through doing some thinking and some and, and gathering some ideas uh and uh we decided to um put a, a grant um a request towards um a cast catalyst lottery uh, funding project um for an idea that would um help us design a program that could support uh, blind and partially sighted people with learning to use um a device um remotely um th- through our support over the telephone and online so that is where we're at today and we're about to uh, launch the the project which is um, a pilot and um we're, we're trying to break we are trying to break down the barriers um certainly of covid and certainly of that fact of well if we can't get to you you can't get to us doesn't mean that we that we can't we can't support you so th- this is all about being able to provide training and solutions um in in a more remote way fantastic and why would this be beneficial to people who have never used technology before well we know people struggle to know where to start um, we know that people are sometimes nervous and apprehensive uh, about about using technology and we also know that people don't always know the benefits that technology can bring in terms of independent living how it can help you read again do all the things that you love keep in contact with friends and family keep yourself entertained and more than ever at the moment with with covid you know it, it, having having access to technology breaks down those barriers and it, it, you know it leads to less people being isolated we also know that people you know it's a huge investment to make in terms of 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 afford, of of not necessarily affording technology but making that investment into something new that you might not you know that you might not have done before um and of course if you're going to buy a tablet or a computer you also need internet access as well so we know that some people you know some people um don't want to make that commitment unless they feel confident and, and and that they've had the opportunity to try before you buy i suppose you could say fantastic so if anyone's listened to this and wants to get involved what what can they do next so we um the, the way that we are doing this um that we're, we're assessing this on um a kind of first come first serve basis but also on um whether you know your circumstances will be right for the program so we do we do have a um, particular criteria that, that we are looking for but if you are someone out there that you know you've um you've 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 not experienced the um using a tablet before um you've not experienced using a computer you haven't got internet access at home um then you are a perfect candidate for potentially for the program because we can provide you with a, a tablet with adaptive software um uh, called synaptic um which we can then provide you with a tablet and we are also providing you with the internet access as well which is actually built into the tablet which means you don't need to get any internet access at home so we're providing that data and that internet access um and then we will guide you through um a three to four month period where you'll have the device 
there'll be um, training provided and you'll have a chance to make the device your own, you know, within those three to four months. And then eventually it'll it'll be down to your decision whether that's something then that you would say, I'm going to go now and buy my own tablet. I'm going to go and invest in my own equipment because I feel confident now I've been through this program. And that's what we're that's how we're looking at doing it is to support people to help help them make that that decision really so if you haven't got the internet if you haven't got internet access um or you may just have an alexa at home you know and you might you might have the internet and have alexa but you've never used a tablet you're still a candidate for the program we want to help people realize the benefits of of using technology so um, if, it, if it's something that you might be interested in and you haven't got the experience and you need the support and help um, then then get in touch with us and uh, and, and quote our, um, our the name of the project is called uh, tech ability brilliant and in the days of covid and lockdowns how will you be able to provide that support it's a really good question um, which i'm sure a lot of people will have so we um we provide the support um um tailored really to how um you you'd want to receive it from it'll be through galloways and through a digital partner that we're working with that will be providing the training uh, and that will be over the telephone uh well you can also do it over platforms um such as zoom and, and things like that so we, we we can use online platforms to deliver the training and the most important thing which to set people's mind at rest is if you have a problem with the device or you, you, you're having difficulties, or we need to intervene to show you how to do something, we can very cleverly um, actually control the device remotely um, from anywhere in the world. So um, from if you had support from me, I'm based in Liverpool, I can actually, because it's one of our devices that you'll be using, we're able to actually uh, remote onto the device and take you through activities or help you along the way with any technical problems. So we, we can still have, uh, we can still help you remotely. And what would you say to anyone who is a technophobe, hates technology? Would, I would say don't think don't think about technology don't think about it in that way don't think of it as a techie thing something that you know you're not going to understand it, this isn't about being a tech expert and this isn't about succeeding either we want you to succeed of course we do but we also want you to make an informed choice of whether technology is right for you or not whether it's something that's going to benefit you and we hope that you'll come to the realization that actually I, I, my life is so much better now because I've got technology there because technology can help me to do things. It can help me to read again, keep in contact with people um, get get support with, you know, reading cooking instructions or your mail. There's so many benefits to um, using technology. So we want to bring it back to basics. Really. It's about you. It's about the things that you want to do. It's not about, knowing the ins and outs of, of, of how the device works. It's about the device working for you. You know, most people nowadays, you know, use a tablet or, or a smartphone for a couple of things, keeping in touch with friends and family, maybe sending an email, doing your online shopping, listening to music, playing a game. These are all kind of common things that we, that we want to do. And um, we'd rather talk about those things than how techy you might be. So it's all about how this can actually benefit you 
rather than thinking about the technology side of things. Excellent. And is there anything else you wanted to add? We're just really excited about the project. Um, and, you know, we believe that going forward, um, this is a pilot. If it's successful, we, you know, this is something that we can work at rolling out to more and more people to help people get more um, dig digital uh, and, te and tech savvy so that technology um, can, can bring an abundance of, of independence uh, and support to, to our, to our community and, you know, have get people more uh, digitally connected, um, you know, together as well with Galloway's and that, that's something that we want, that we want to promote. And I think with this, with this project and the way we're able to support it remotely, that you don't have to come to us. We don't have to come to you. We, we, we can do it over the telephone and we can, we can support you with the device that that's the, the, the power of how we power of how we can support people in the, in this day and age. Uh, yes, we want to be face to face and hopefully we get back there, but we're actually breaking these barriers down, these COVID barriers. We're trying to break them down to say, we're not going to let this get in our way. We're not going to let COVID get in our way or the fact that you can't get to maybe one of our buildings. We can support, we can still support you. So this is a big thinking out of the box project and, and we're really excited about it. If you would like to give this a go, call us on 01772 and tell us you would like to be considered for the Tech Ability Project. And finally, we want to thank our new digital partner, Aspire Consultancy. And this is all thanks to a grant from National Lottery Catalyst Fund. We are excited to announce we are joining up with Esme's Umbrella to form a Charles Bonnet peer support group, which will take place through our Talking Together programme once a month. It will be led by our site loss advisor, Pam Whitaker, with support from our volunteer, Denise. Pam tells us more. Charles Bonnet syndrome, it's, um, it's where people's site loss has started to deteriorate and it's usually when they got 60% loss of vision. And it's often related to um, macular degeneration, but it can be other eye condition. It's where they've lost 60%. And in it's, it's believed that it's to do with the way the brain and the eyes work together, the relationship between the eyes and the brain. So when you had the sight, you might have been able to, you know, you'd see things and it would send the signals back to the brain. But when some of that sight's lost, your brain starts to fill them gaps in. And it doesn't always fill it in with what should be there. It just creates all different images. And it's really to reiterate to people, it's just it's not a men mental illness because so many people don't know about Charles Bonnet. And they think when they start to see hallucinations and things that aren't there, that there's something wrong. And it's, it is the way the eyes and the brain are seeing things. There's different types of hallucinations. Some people have quite... Pleasant ones, they might see flowers or nice colours or waterfalls, you know, things that don't don't really affect them and, and make it, you know, unpleasant. Um, some people see lots of colours, but then there's the other side of it is some people see some quite unpleasant ones, which can be quite scary and, and very frightening for them. Some of these can be visions of people walking in your house, um, brick walls, animals, 
snakes on the floor, worms in your food. And this can, you know, really, it's really hard for people if they don't know, you know, what's happening. And it can cause people to have falls as well because they might suddenly see a snake so that your reaction will be to, to move out of the way, which can lead to other things as well. So people who have the colour ones and the flowers, you know, it's still, it's not pleasant, but it's not as unpleasant as the people who have the really grotesque ones. Often the, the people are featureless. They've, they haven't got um, a face. They're often faceless. With, with the hallucinations, um, there's never any smell and there's no sound. So they are just, you know, hallucinations. The COVID has made a lot of people worse because, the, you know, they've been in the house. So there's a lot more people suffering with it now than there was pre-COVID. And there's probably so many people out there who just don't know what they're suffering with. And it's really trying to get that out there to people. I imagine it's quite scary and people need a lot of emotional support and they don't know where to turn to. So what led you to want to try and help? Um, it's talking to um, some of our service users who, who suffer from Charles Bonnet syndrome um, and some of the things that they tell me, you just, you know, it just must be so awful for them. And, and I just thought that, you know, I'm talking to these people and I just think that if we could get the people together um, to talk because there's some there's there's different techniques that people can use um, when they're having a hallucination and and maybe what works for one might not work for another but if we can get people together to talk about what works for them and to share tips and and sometimes I think people just want to be able to say what what has been happening because we'll understand about it you know we're there to listen um, and not judge anybody as well so I just think it would be really good to share tips with everyone. Great. And how will the group be managed and led? Um, is it a peer support group? Will you have guest speakers? How, how will it work? What What can people expect? I definitely want it peer-led because um, I do believe the best people to talk about Charles Bonnet are the people with Charles Bonnet. So I myself will be facilitating the group and we've got a volunteer called Denise who's going to be on the calls as well. She also has Charles Bonnet, so um, so she'll be really useful. We are going to ask the group what, what they would like, but we do think we will have guest speakers, but not maybe every fourth one or something, because it's only once a month, um, because I really want people to have a chance to get to know each other and talk. But yes, we will have people on to talk some guest speakers we've already got one book for the second one great and how useful and beneficial will this peer support group be for people with Charles Bonnet syndrome um, when I've talked to other people who've run the groups they just say that the the friendship that can you know happen within a group is is useful I think somebody might have never told their family member you know they might have never told anyone else about their hallucinations and if they can come into this safe, non-judgmental group who understand what they're going through, I think for them it's, it will just be so helpful and to learn tips off other people and, to, you know, when we get guest speakers in, to learn about some of the fantastic research that's being done at the moment, you know. And there's, there's also some research that's saying that um, certain medication can make it a little bit worse. So, 
you know, all these things that we can share, all the updates, all the, the new research we can share within the group as well. Brilliant. You've obviously done a lot of research and you've spoken to a lot of other similar organisations. For example, you've been working quite closely with Judith Potts at Esme's Umbrella. Is that right? Yeah, Judith Potts is, she's absolutely an inspirational lady, you know, for for her to start the Esme's Umbrella. just She's just a, on her own, a one-man one band as it is. And her passion that's come from her mum having, that's where the name Esme comes from. It was her mum's name. And she works really um, close with Dominic Fitch, who's the leading research um, into Charles Bonnet. And yeah, it's just, I've been, I have done a lot of research because um, I really want to make this group work really well for our service users. Great. And finally, just to confirm, when will the first session be? So the first one, it's all on the Talking Together at Galloway's Run, um, and it's on the third Tuesday of every month. And the first one is on the 16th of February at 11am, and it's, it will always be on the third Tuesday of the month, 11 o'clock. If people feel that they struggle to, to dial out, if they can let us know and we can arrange to be phoned them you know, for the group. Galloway's will facilitate the group, so we're running the group with the um, the Talking Together number, but it is open to um, other people, the Macula Society and Esme's Umbrella. So anyone who suffers from Charles Bonnet can join join the, the group. You're not alone with this. There is other people, and um, just don't suffer in silence. Just let's share it together and we'll help each other. Great. Thank you very much, Pam. If you would like to join this peer group, register via our Talking Together programme by calling 01772 744 148 or emailing talkingtogether at galloways.org.uk. Galloways, support through sidewalks. Thank you, Living Well Sefton, for funding our outside-in Zoom art sessions through the Community Resilience Grant. Here is just an example of what it means to us. Uh, John, you can kick us off, can't you? Um, I can. What did you enjoy most about um, all the different art pieces you've made? I, I enjoyed making the bauble the most, <laughs> where I had to paint cones with a bit of white plus sticks, and I even put in some bells, and then I even put a bell on the end of my bottle. Oh, so that you can nice. hear it. Yes, I can. That's lovely. Very, that's a great idea. Mm. Uh, and I, I I enjoy it being done via Zoom, but I prefer it if we were like more like together and then yeah. we could be shown. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. I've missed the socialising. Mm. No. Does it help? Things. Did it help a bit with Zoom, though? It's, it's something, yes, it isn't is. it? Yeah. 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 Oh, thanks, John. How about you, Jan? How have you enjoyed the sessions? Yes, I have. Um, it isn't the same as meeting up, but it's brilliant to actually be in contact. And I felt as the weeks have gone on, it's got better. So yeah, yeah. I'm just glad we've been. I'm just glad we've been able to continue as a group. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I suppose we've all got used to the the way it runs and kind of made adjustments because it's different, isn't it, using Zoom than actually being together. Um, but it's it's a nice point of, point of contact, isn't it? And I think um, even just for information about Galloway's too, it's been good, isn't it? Just sharing that the different things that are going on and um, websites and um, you know YouTube things that have, that are going on with Galloway's. It's good to share that too. What did you enjoy most, uh, Jan? Oh, for me, it's uh, where we were winding the wool around the sticks, the God's eye and the star, because I found them, they were really challenging. And I enjoy things. uh, I love working with wool and materials. Uh, Clay isn't my medium, as you know, Julie, so I really enjoyed that. And and because it was something you had to work at. Thank you, Jan. That's great. Yeah, they look great too. They look really good. It's good, isn't it, learning a new skill as well, something completely different. How about you, Angie? What did you enjoy most? Um, I liked the weaving because it was more complex mm. and complicated and so more challenging. And I loved it worked very the, well. I loved the snow and I loved doing the weave. I just, I really, that was so therapeutic mm. with the wool. Um, with the baubles, I have I've did all my painting all my painting yesterday. Let them dry, but I'm going to the shops today to get glitter. How about you, Nolene? What have you enjoyed? Um, just seeing everybody and talking to everybody. It's like a lifeline. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks, Nolene. How about you, Bill and Kath? It's lovely that you both joined us too. It's lovely to see Bill too. Yeah. Well, we had lots of fun with this. Oh, with good. It. The star particularly, that came beautifully until we left it one night and it sort of collapsed. So, <laughs> so it's a drunken star. <laughs> and But the baubles were gorgeous to do. They look they? lovely. Yeah, they were. It, I yeah. mean, it's, from here, it certainly worked. I think you, it looks really good. Yeah. yeah. And playing around with the clay was great. Yeah. yeah it's it's i mean it's fun isn't it clay to play around with you know mess around with and you can always screw it up in a ball and do it again and yeah. you, don't, you know you don't have to be precious about it do you comply which is good no. I think, thank you go on Ange. i think the app has been fantastic you know for showing people the work and sharing stuff yeah the whatsapp yeah i think it keeps the lines of communication through the week you know, know what i mean yeah it's yeah that that was a success I think that app I think it consolidated the group more oh good yeah yeah so I mean not everyone's on it but but you know a few of us are which is good um yeah yeah. Karen yeah lovely they look really nice and I love your star you know it looks really good in tinsel doesn't it yeah I like it yeah (laughs) I wrapped it I just got one um one strip of really cheap tinsel the cheapest I could get I think it's about a pound and I just twice wound it around with tinsel yeah, it looks lovely. Very festive. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good for the social side of it. It's yeah. good if it's um, making me do something that I'm not the most, you know, I'm not the most arty person in the world. I'm not, you know, but it has, it's good. I do like doing things with my hands and I love the mm. clay stuff. I really enjoyed that because mm. um, I, I do like playing with clay. I think you're right, though. I think I think touching on what you said then about creativity, I think creativity, I mean, I know I feel like this, is such 
a godsend you know when you are when you can't do things that you would usually do you know it it can take you to a really nice place content you know you can kind of zone out um relax it's quite therapeutic really so if you can find something that you can really get engrossed in it can really take take you somewhere else and it gives you calm space i think like you say you zone out it definitely gives me calm space Mm. especially with the evenings are so long now Mm. yeah and on your own it's there Mm. so you just just fly by when you're doing it yeah 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 oh well thanks guys that's great so i'm just glad you got so much out of it James has welcomed many inspirational guests to speak on his Get Active catch-ups. So here is our roundup from over the past two to three months. Galloway's Get Active presents Speed of Sight with Mike Newman and John Galloway. Uh, Speed of Sight came about, uh, it actually came into existence in 2012. And... um, it came about through myself meeting many, many people who had became, who'd, uh, suffered a disability during adult life. And the nature of the disability, whilst very wide ranging from different, from different people I was meeting, one of the consequences of the disability they were struck down with was that they, they had to give up the driver's license. And that was one of the most uh, traumatic things about the new life that they were forced into and didn't want the losing that independence uh, to go where they want uh, with on their own whenever they liked without having to involve anyone else or inconvenience anybody else. And uh, they said that when they're trying to get used to this new environment they're living in, whatever that may be, whether it be in fact with sight loss, or whether they were uh, now in a wheelchair or whatever it happened, epilepsy or whatever happened, they were struggling to come to terms with that loss of freedom and uh, and for the key motorists among them, the, the loss of that exhilaration and excitement. Galloway's Get Active presents The Big Blind Walk with Julian Jackson. Now, couple of years ago I think it was Julian you did the big blind walk uh, to to raise awareness for um, research into sight loss and sight conditions mm-hmm. uh, so we we joined you on a stretch along the canal around about um, that's right happy Bath, memories and Grange so yeah, uh, nice. well, welcome Julian so thank you very much and, and I have very happy memories of bumping into a lot of you along the canal there and I'm sorry that we had to just get on and, and get and keep going uh, to get to Lancaster. Uh, yeah, it was that day that us, a few of us followed you for a bit. We we was a few that followed you. Yeah, that was wonderful. Well, thank, I mean, I, I was just so it's grateful lovely, for your yeah, support. It oh, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful, and and I, and I, I love walking along some of those towpaths. Um, but I mean, this all. I mean, gosh, it's uh, well over what two and a half years ago now. And um, I have very vivid memories of it still. And, it, it, and the reasons essentially for, for doing that walk um, are still um, very relevant today. Um, I mean, just in terms of, of eye research, I, I've, 
felt then and I feel now that um, uh, we need to, to do a lot more to uh, highlight all the amazing work that these uh, researchers are doing upstream of clinics and hospitals, um, you know, to, to, to um, improve our understanding of, of eye disease and to um, improve treatments and to think about obviously restoring sight for those people who have lost it all. Galloway's Get Active presents Tony Giles, The Blind Traveller. So my name is Tony. I'm currently 42 years old. Um, I was born with a rare eye condition called cone dystrophy and photophobia. Um, I slowly got introduced to geography. Um, we had tactile globes and tactile maps. Um, we were, everything made a different textures and that. So that was sort of in my initial into sort of induction to the world and a bigger place. And also my dad, who was in the Merchant Navy before I was born, he told me about his adventures going across Australia uh, by train from East Coast to West Coast. It took him eight days and he described icebergs floating down the St. Lawrence River going past the ship at night. So that kind of intrigued me and little books I was starting to read at school and listen to and that was um but uh, my first sort of introduction to real travel um, apart from a couple of holidays with my parents was um I got the opportunity to go to Boston in the States with my school when I was 16. Uh, we were studying about the uh, Salem witchcraft trials so um, and actually going over there for me with other um, blind and visually impaired kids was totally different. I've been to London a few times and a couple of other big cities, Birmingham and that, but going to America was completely different. Everything was much bigger. I could sense the space, you know, the, the pavements and that, and people talked in funny accents I couldn't understand, and people were more direct. I, I had someone come up to me and say, are you blind? I said, uh, oh, yeah. It's like 16-year-olds, and uh, traffic went in a different direction, which was sort of confusing. Obviously, I could hear it all and that. And I don't know, I just sensed an atmosphere on the street. It was different to the UK. People were different. I remember having a state one night, and the state was huge. It filled the entire play. It was like, you know, it's about the size of two meals I'd normally eat in England. So it was very different. Um, and I, I, oh, I like this. I want more of this. So that sort of could have pricked my um, notion of traveling. And then, um, uh, one of my schoolmates has got sight in one eye. Um, sort of introduced me to, to backpacking around England and staying in hostels and camping. So, you know, I was a typical teenager and into doing all that kind of stuff then. And I've been camping with my family. So, learned how to put a, put a tent up by hand. And, and then um, that was the, kind of the start of it. Galloway's Get Active presents. Exercise with Jane, 113 Mind and Body Fit. What we're going to do today is we're going to do some, some more exercise, body wake exercise. And this time we're going to work on our core muscles. So okay. your, your stomach muscles, your tummy muscles, tummy muscles, whatever you want to call them. There's only three exercises to do, James. Three? Three. That should be easy enough then. <laughs> so if you want to follow along, you can and I'll hand over to Jane. Right, boom, right, right. Right, so you need to be laying on the floor. I'm laying on the floor. Yep. 
That's it. Brilliant. Right. Your legs are bent and your feet are hip width apart. Yeah. No, no, you've gone too far. That's it. That's it. <laughs> right. Right. So we'll go, we've got only three exercises. And the first one we're going to do is called a, a crunch. And all you're going to do, you see where your bottom of your ribs is, feel, yeah. feel where your bottom of your ribs are. All I want you to do is crunch that bit, right? So all we're going to do is put our hands on the back of our head. That's it. Now that is just for support. Do not try and pull your neck up and hurt your neck. All right. So don't strain your neck. Okay. So when you come up, you're going to be breathing out. And then when you go back down, you're going to be breathing in. Yeah. Okay. So all you, it's only a little movement. This it's not a big movement. It's a little movement. And you singe it in right under them ribs, the two, that's two. in, three. Now remember, you keep, you keep counting, James. Seven. Remember, don't put any strain on this neck. It's only your hands that are just supporting your neck and your head. You're not putting any strain on. Two more. And the last one. Now that is called a crunch. And you're crunching your upper abs here, okay? Galloway's, get active. Welcome to the Get Active uh, today. I'd like to welcome Mike and Adam from Lancashire Wildlife Trust. Um, they're here to talk to us about their My Place. Myself and James have chatted quite a lot. He has the massive misfortune to be my neighbour. And um, we've got a situation where if we've got tents in our garden, we don't look at each other strange because we've both got a similar passion, I think, for, for the natural world. Um, obviously, um, for the Wildlife Trust, for us, um, We've got, you know, 50, 50 wildlife sites throughout kind of Lancashire, North Merseyside, Greater Manchester. Some of them are quite large, but most of them are tiny little pockets of um, wilderness tucked away on our doorsteps and don't really know about. Um, but for years and years and years, we've, we've known what personally and as an organisation, uh, the real benefit that the natural world can, can have on your kind of well-being and how you feel and improved um, mental health. And what happened excitingly five years ago was um, the NHS also kind of um, started to realise that and there's been a massive body of evidence now to kind of back up what we've been saying about how nature can boost um, your well-being and five years ago we went into partnership with um, Lancashire and South Cumbria Foundation Trust NHS um, and it's been a really great journey I mean we've We've got sessions all across the region. I think we've got 14 hub sites across Lancashire. Um, most of our kind of green, we call it kind of green well-being or sometimes referred to as ecotherapy. Um, but so our green well-being offer is really for those who could be struggling with poor well-being, with being anxious, with being isolated, um, or just struggling, to, you know, social anxiety, struggling to get out of the house. Um, Usually in the old world, we'd have been out and about some of our reserves um, doing activities which link into the five ways to well-being, which Adam's going to talk about in a little while. Um, but obviously, post-COVID, we've moved our offer online. So for the last um, the last while, we've been doing similar to this. We've been doing online sessions via Zoom, but still connected with people in their homes and using the natural the natural world to help people's well-being. Galloway's Get Active presents John Helt sailing the tall ships. I, got, I was a, a pretend captain 
And when we were doing the float the day before, because we had all visually impaired people on, on the float for the Lord Mayor's procession, the day before, a friend from the Trinity Road Day Centre, Frank, phoned me up to ask me if I wanted to come on a proper ship, the Lord Nelson, which I couldn't do because it was too close to doing this pretend ship. Um, and that's when... Uh, uh, after that, we did the flows. I, got, I went to the Lord Mayor's pre- uh, party, the procession and everything. Uh, but then I did uh, 16 sails on the Lord Nelson and, and Tenacious tall ships. Um, and I haven't looked back ever since. It's been a bug and uh, I've got involved uh, and it's good. Um, there are two ships in the organisation of the uh, JST, which is the Jubilee Sailing Trust. One is the Lord Nelson and one is the Tenacious. Uh, the Tenacious is the bigger, taller, wider one. Uh, the Lord Nelson is one that is more an authentic uh, tall ship. The sailing is it, it's it's quite a good place uh, to be on on the ships. Hello, it's Bob and Jill back with you again. This time it's for Galloway's Eye, February 2021. How about a quiz to keep the brain going? 20 questions. Here we go. Question 1. What is the largest country in the world? Question number 2. What is the hottest continent on Earth? Question 3. Which country is Brie Cheese originally from? Question number four. Which fashion designer reportedly had a relationship with Winston Churchill? Question five. Who was the youngest British Prime Minister? Question six. Which English explorer was executed in 1618, 15 years after being found guilty of conspiracy against King James I of England and the 6th of Scotland? Question 7. Which of Henry VIII's wives was buried alongside him? Question 8. What's the strongest muscle in the human body? Question 9. What's a baby rabbit called? Question 10. What was the actor John Wayne's real name? Question 11. Which two artists sang Don't Let the Sun Go Down On Me? Question 12. What colour was the Beatles' submarine? Question 13. Which Lancastrian painter was best known for painting matchstick men? Question 14. Which chocolate bar uses the slogan, 
Work, rest and play. Question 15. True or false? Vietnamese is the official language in Canada. Question 16. True or false? The can opener was not invented until 45 years after the tin can. Question 17. True or false? There are McDonald's on every continent except one. Question 18. This one's a riddle. A man who was outside in the rain without an umbrella or hat didn't get a single hair on his head wet. Why? Question 19. This is a riddle. The more of this there is, the less you see. What is it? And finally, question 20. This is also a riddle. David's parents have three sons, Snap, Crackle, and what's the third son called? OK, here we go with the answers. Question 1. What is the largest country in the world? The answer is... Yes, of course, Russia. Question 2. What is the hottest continent on Earth? And the answer is... Africa. Question 3. Which country is breed cheese originally from? I think most of you got that. That's France. Question 4. Which fashion designer reportedly had a relationship with Winston Churchill? And the answer is... Coco Chanel. Question 5. Who was the youngest British Prime Minister? William Pitt. Question 6. Which English explorer was executed in 1618, 15 years after being found guilty of conspiracy against King James I of England and the Sixth of Scotland? And the answer is Sir Walter Raleigh. Question 7. Which of Henry VIII's wives was buried alongside him? And the answer is Jane Seymour. Question 8. Typically, what's the strongest muscle in the human body? And the answer is the masseter.
which is the main jaw muscle. Question 9. What's a baby rabbit called? And it's actually called a kit. Question 10. What was the actor John Wayne's real name? And the answer is... Marion Robert Morrison. Question 11. Which two artists sang Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me? Yeah, that's right. Elton John and George Michael. Question 12. What colour was the Beatles' submarine? And the answer is... Yellow. Question 13. Which Lancastrian painter was best known for painting matchstick men? Yes, L.S. Lowry. Question 14. Which chocolate bar uses the slogan work, rest and play? And the answer is... Mars bar. Question 15. True or false? Vietnamese is the official language in Canada. And yes, you got that right. Of course, it's false. Question 16. True or false? The can opener was not invented until 45 years after the tin can. And the answer? True. I wonder how they got into them. Question 17. True or false? There are McDonald's on every continent except one. And the answer is... True. Question 18. A man who was on the outside in the rain, without an umbrella or hat, didn't get a single hair on his head wet. Why? And the answer is... He was bald. He didn't have a single hair on his head. Question 19. Riddle. The more there is, the less you see. What is it? Of course, the answer is... Darkness. And finally, the riddle which was question 20. David's parents have three sons, Snap, Crackle, and what's the name of the third son? And the answer? David.
Well, that's the last one. I hope you got some of them right, if not all of them. And if you got all of them right, very well done, because we didn't. And if you want to know which of the continents doesn't have a McDonald's, I went to a very famous search engine and had a look, and the answer is Antarctica. So from Bob and I, hope you enjoyed the quiz, and it's goodbye. <laughs>